We are all born with a purpose, yet identifying what that is can be very challenging. It can be even more challenging to find purpose in your business. So, is it possible to find purpose in your business and make profit at the same time? Not only is it possible, but a business led by purpose can be even more profitable than one that is simply led by profit. Join Robert Fukui as he explores how to be purpose-led and profitable while making a positive impact in your community. Hi, this is Robert Fukui, your host of the Purpose and Profitability podcast, where we believe that having a profitable, purpose-led business can lead to community transformation. Today's topic is how to build a real brand. Now, many businesses try to create a brand, an image that they feel appeals to their customers, but oftentimes their efforts do not work well because it's not true to who they are. A funny example is I was doing a, um, I was conducting a, a marketing seminar specifically on branding to a group of entrepreneurs sponsored by the city of LA. And when I was talking about branding, um, somebody in the audience actually had an example about a friend of his who started a doggy daycare business because he just saw how that, that business was seemed to be very profitable, especially uh, there's one specifically that his friend was uh, looking at. So his friend created this doggy daycare business and copied everything about this one particular business that seemed to be successful, copied everything all the way down to the website. I mean, everything, the business model and the marketing and everything. Now, the problem was he didn't see the same success as what this other successful business was experiencing. So what was the problem? Well, <laughs> the major problem was he didn't like animals. So here's this guy that just copies another business model because it's successful, but he doesn't see the same success. Why? Because it wasn't true to who he was. He doesn't like animals, and it's really hard to fake that. <laughs> if you don't like animals, you know, when a customer's bringing in their dog or, or whatever, and the dog's, you know, jumping all over him, happy to see him and all that, and this person's probably trying to shoo him off or whatever, it's pretty obvious to everyone that he doesn't like animals. So it, it's not going to work. So this is an obvious example of a business idea that's not going to work, yet it did happen. And it happens a lot. Now, most branding mistakes for business aren't as obvious as this example, yet the principles are the same. The business you build and the brand image you give out has to come out of your own authenticity. It has to be real to you. When you build a business, somehow something about that business um, you already have an underlying passion for. Um, otherwise, it's, it's pretty much doomed for failure. So in this episode, we're gonna, or I'm going to attempt to guide you through the process of building a real brand out of who you are. And like I said earlier, too many times businesses are trying to create something they think their customers want to see or experience. But if it's not true to who they are, it's not going to work. And last week's interview with Tom Mears of Burgerville was a great example. I thought it was a great lead in to today's discussion. And if you didn't get a chance to, to listen to his um, my interview with Tom last week, I really encourage you to tune in and listen to it. It's a great encouragement. It comes from his own experiences. Um, and there's a little bit of humor in that and all that. Then you'll definitely learn a lot. And so, in fact, even though the episode aired last week, the interview itself I just conducted yesterday. Um, so, but I wanted to do this, record this episode today. In fact, I actually wanted to do it yesterday, but I wanted to do it as quickly as possible. And so that my interview with Tom was fresh in my mind. Like I said, it was just a great lead in. So Tom Mears, you know, he came up with a mission statement 
or his company did, came out with a mission statement called Servant Love, which also he has a book up with that title as well. And it came out of his own passion and desire to serve people in a true and loving way. So while he didn't actually come up with the mission statement per se, but it immediately resonated with him because it was true to him. So that mission statement really served as the the foundation for their brand. And so it was about how they serve and love their employees, and then second, how they serve their customers, and thirdly, how they serve their vendors and suppliers, and then fourthly, anyone else that they or the business or anyone in the business comes in contact with, they led with that mission of servant love. Everyone experienced the company experiences that, back that up, that yeah, everyone that comes into contact with that company will experience that attitude. Um, whether or not they realize the mission statement is irrelevant, but they're going to experience that. They're going to feel it, right? So the logo means nothing. It's not a brand. A lot of times people spend a lot of time trying to develop this logo and they want to make sure the logo communicates the right thing and all that and uh, spend a lot of time. And, you know, as a branding, as a marketing guy, a branding guy, I mean, I'm certainly involved in that process with the designers of how to develop their logo. But at the end of the day, sometimes the owners of the business gets really caught in the weeds about trying to create this perfect logo. And I always tell them, look, don't worry about it. <laughs> Number one, logos can change. I mean, they, they definitely can be enhanced over the years. And there's, you know, every big company, Coca-Cola and GE and Ford and all that, there's always some kind of tweaking they do with the logos over time. But I always tell um, my clients, you know, don't stress about this too much. Because at the end of the day, the logo means nothing if the customer doesn't have a positive experience. It's the experience that people have with your brand that will determine their perception of your business. So don't worry about the logo. The logo is not necessarily going to turn people off or turn people on just because you have this cool logo. Ultimately, it's that experience that they have is what's going to drive, drive your business. So you got to think for yourself, what type of experience do you want your customers to have? And what is it that's natural for you to deliver? Just like with Tom's experience, it was natural for him to deliver a kind of a loving attitude That's because that's kind of who he was. And then there's companies like Chick-fil-A that want to deliver the best family experience, which comes out of their own personal commitment to family. Now, I know a lot of people think of Chick-fil-A as this religious business and, and that the owners are, are Christian and all that, which is true. But you don't walk into a Chick-fil-A and experience religion. That's not what you experience. You actually experience, for some people, they might have a religious experience with a chicken. <laughs> but but it's not the religious experience that I'm talking about. But when you walk into a Chick-fil-A, you really, it just feels good. I mean, it, it feels like a home. And in fact, and that's the, that's what they try to create, that atmosphere, that family atmosphere. And certainly to the, um, the things that they donate to and the scholarship funds that they create and just kind of how they treat their, their own team. Um, there really is a sense of family. And so that's not surprising that a major market research firm about five years ago found that they were voted amongst all the fast food franchises, they were voted as the most family favorite destination when they did this huge survey um, to the market. So you, you, the owner, you need to understand that your business brand should come out of your personal one. We all have a personal brand. It's who we are and what we're known for. So yes, you know, people know our name, you might know our faces, but the experience that they will deliver to the other person, that's who, that's kind of how we get defined, at least in the eyes of, of other people. So we all have a personal way, a unique way of how we impact people. And hopefully we do it in a positive way. Um, sometimes we don't always do that. But we all probably have a, a, a way, a unique way in which we positively impact people. And that's what you got to key in on, on is, is what is my 
what is that natural way in which I can positively impact people? And certainly several episodes ago, I, I talked about understanding your purpose. And I think going back in your life story and your life history, you'll start to see some commonalities in how you positively impact people. So while we're all born with specific natural abilities, it's really our good ex- our experiences, both good and bad, that refine us. In fact, sometimes it's in those bad times, those most troubling times, where our key strength, our core strength just rises to the top. That's what gets us through kind of overcoming even sometimes the bad experiences. So look back at your experiences and ask yourself, how do I positively impact people? Like going back to Tom, he has just a natural ability to make people feel special. So that's why that mission statement, serve with love, so much resonated with him, even when their consulting team, their coaches said, you know, this won't work. You can't have a mission statement like this. But because it so resonated with him and for his executive team, they said, let's go with it, right? Even though it didn't make sense from a corporate standpoint or whatever, but it really was their guiding principle in how they serve people, not just their customers, but just how they serve people. You know, for Tom, it's something he could naturally give to his team. He could serve his team with love. He can serve his employees with love. And they developed a lot of cool um, employee benefits out of that mission. Um, And so when the employees feel loved, it's easier for them to then give that kind of passion and concern to the customers. Because if, if all they did was say, with, with like a lot of business, they'll say, here's our mission statement. This is what we're going to do. Go do this for the customer. So in this case, they came out with the mission statement, serve it love. And they told the team, the employees, hey, you gotta, we got to serve our customers with love. But they soon realized, hey, we're not even doing it for our own employees. So we got to start from the inside out. So if your employees aren't feeling the love, well, it's hard for them to give love out to their customers, right? So it really started from from the top, do the team internally within the company, and then it would go out to the customers. And then it becomes even natural for the employees to give love or serve with love when they're feeling it from their own organization. So, you know, most good brands, they're not really even known by their features of their products, but it's based more on certain intangible elements like this server love thing. In fact, when you just if you just key in on some certain slogans and taglines or some companies, you'll notice it has nothing to do with the features of the product. So, for example, here's a, here's a few slogans: "Just do it," "Ultimate driving machine," "Finger licking good," "Eat fresh." So you notice all those companies' slogans have nothing to do with the features of the product. Yet you'll know, for most of them, you know which company I'm talking about, and you know what they sell. So. To build a real brand, it starts by identifying how you naturally impact people and how would that be exuded throughout the organization, from its leadership team to its employees, through its products and services, everybody and everything that they touch. So when the entire organization exudes that, the personal brand is you as the business owner, as the entrepreneur, as executive team, as you start to exude your personal brand on the people around you, you'll notice you'll deliver a great customer experience because it'll flow out for not just from you, but through your employees and then outwards. So like Tom Mears, that example, that mission, that mission statement, which is really what I would call also a purpose statement. It's that true north that guides the brand to stay on point. See, every, every company should create a, some kind of brand statement or a mission statement, something that they can always look at. You know, the, the beauty of, of the sort of love mission statement is it's generic enough because it's not it's, it doesn't, it's not tied into a specific product or a marketing thing or whatever. It's, it's kind of generic, right? But yet, it's very directive. And so you have this mission statement, and it's that true north. So 
every time they're making some kind of company decision, marketing decision, product decision, vendor decision, whatever, you can always think back is how does that serve our purpose? How does that serve our mission? So I really encourage all of you to create that kind of that brand statement or that mission statement, something that you can always look at that helps you stay on point with your business. And if you can do that, you'll do it consistently and you'll deliver a consistent brand experience for your customer. It influences everything they do from the way you lead to the way you develop products to even the marketing. So I hope that you found this helpful. Um, certainly it was a lot of fun talking to Tom yesterday and to really try to expand on this. And if you want to hear more for sure, um, you know, let me know. Um, you can either email me at prosper at i61businessdevelopment.com. That's prosper at the letter I, the number 61, businessdevelopment.com. Or go to our Facebook page, Purpose and Profitability. Um, and if you know you want to hear more about this or other business topics, or even if you have questions, because I hopefully, as this thing goes on, I'd love to be able to answer specific questions from the audience about your business. Um, so tune in next week as I share uh, the title of it is for your spouse. So I encourage you to, if you're married, to get your spouse to listen to this. And it's not because this. Um, this episode is going to be specific to them. It's actually going to be specific to the both of you. So I want you to uh, have the both of you to listen in. So thank you for listening. This is Robert Fukui. And remember, purpose plus profit equals transformation. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast. For more information, please visit purposeandprofit.com.